0: Hi, I'm Janine. This is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. And standing by to join me is Paul Hawken. He's an environmentalist, entrepreneur, and activist. He's going to share details on his latest book, Regeneration Ending the Climate Crisis in One Generation. Hawken is the New York Times best-selling creator of Drawdown and one of the environmental movement's leading voices. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much. How are you this morning?
0: I'm great. I, when I heard about your book, I thought, oh, I really want to have you on because there was so much attention uh, drawn, I remember, to Greta and all the, you know, the young generations that were drawn to that. And I thought, look at what you bring to the table. It was really intriguing.
1: Uh, Thank you so much. I I was just down in Irvine, by the way, Monday and Tuesday, speaking to the trustees and faculty for the University of California at Irvine.
0: And it's great.
1: Yeah. Wonderful people. Amazing school, really. uh, You know, and what's interesting about that was that they are want to create a culture of optimism in the school because they're one of the best science schools in the world, not just in the United States. It's Mm -hmm. extraordinary. They're the only university that's won uh, a Nobel Prize for climate science. You know, Sherry Rowland and um, and Ralph Cicerone, Mario Molina. I mean, they really have Roots in this area. I mean, beautiful. And they know and they see, as do other universities, that the students there are getting really great science. But the science is about the probability of what's happening, what's going wrong, how fast it's going wrong, what the impacts of those things are. And, you know, we know that 70% of young people are really anxious, depressed, worried yes. uh, about the future. Right. And so what we're talking about is saying, the science is impeccable, extraordinary, great, thank you. But more like, got it, now let's work on possibility as opposed to just talking about probability. And so creating that culture of optimism, which is really about what we can do and what is the impact it will have as opposed Mm -hmm. to simply being educated again and again and again in good science, but science is sort of makes you feel, especially if you're young, like a victim, like, Hey, I didn't vote for this. I didn't create it. It wasn't my idea. And now you're telling me that basically, you have to clean it basically up. I, I don't have a future if I yeah. don't clean it up. Yeah. Right.
0: right. It's so interesting that you bring this up because I am very focused uh, in my work on mental health. And I am very aware of younger generations who they are depressed, especially With what they've had to deal with in the pandemic. And I feel that um, when you can be part of something that's so essential, so important, that affects their future, there's a possibility of changing the narrative and their mental health.
1: Absolutely, and the thing is, if you, the way you come into it, as I think, as a young person, I we were all young once, and we came into a world that wasn't working very well too, on different levels, is you feel like you're victimized, you're the object, you know, instead of the subject, and um, that is a vicious cycle basically because you know then you look through those eyes and the world reinforces that for sure and what regeneration is about is saying yeah the science is great got it but actually you're the subject and not the object and that regeneration is innate to being a human being Every every trillions of ourselves are doing that right now we wouldn't be talking they regenerating every nanosecond and regeneration is the default mode of life and we are life and so it really paints a picture that's much broader and more engaging than the sort of siloed solutions about global warming and technology and this and that and we can fix it and also um, Janine, it's about really changing the language because the language is an othering language. We're gonna fight, we're gonna come back, we're gonna tackle, you mm-hmm. know, these are, guess which gender those came from, you know? These are war and sports metaphors, you know? Right. And I mean, the Me Too movement is othering, antisemitism is othering, racism is othering. And so now we're gonna what? We're gonna solve the climate crisis by othering it, by saying we're gonna fix it, there's no it there. I mean, so this is the kind of changes that we're talking about at the university, you know, to move away from a, you know, unintentional conversation or verbs or dialogues and so forth that make us feel separate.
0: Yes. You know, I, I really, I'll talk to you offline, but I really think there's an opportunity to have a panel uh, with students, Mm. bring them into the conversation.
1: So great. Yeah. So great. Yeah. I, that's what
0: I would like to do at UCI. I mean, that's where our station is. It's, as you know, it's UC yeah. Irvine, KUCI. And it's really important to make them part, feel like they're part of the solution and, and to explain in detail certain things. I mean, you have a lot of different experiences. I want to delve into um, uh, something I read and I put this on my show blog. In 2016, 191 countries came together and they signed the Paris Agreement. Could you explain a little bit about that?
1: The Paris Agreement was a commitment at time to limit warming to 2 degrees centigrade, and then that was modified to 1.5 degrees centigrade. And um, they signed it. There was no uh, incentive. There was no penalties. There was no... no uh, nothing happened if you didn't meet it. And sure enough, nobody met... The commitments, except two countries by default, Bhutan and Costa Rica, because they had so many trees. It was just a metric. It wasn't that they did anything so spectacular. Uh, They just happened to be those countries. And what's more troubling i think was that when that was signed in 2016 the year after cop 21 in paris um, the uh, banking system led by jp morgan and bank of america and wells fargo and other banks uh, continued to lend 3.8 trillion dollars to fossil fuel companies to expand global warming right. to expand, and governments, including ours, then subsidized those fossil fuel companies for another $3.3 trillion. So from the Paris Agreement until today, $7.1 trillion was placed into coal, gas, and oil.
0: Whoa, what a number.
1: It's, yeah, even at a time when the IEA last year, the International Agent, Energy Agency, which has really captive, been captive to the traditional energy um, Um, world industry forever said we don't need another gas well oil well or coal mine shut it down stop we have enough if we are serious about 1.5 degrees centigrade you know about limiting warming to that level um, enough is enough and so yet still Leases are being opened up, drillings being mm-hmm. open up, uh, more wells are being sought. You know, I mean, so the momentum uh, that is there, you know, is beggared by the Paris Agreement.
0: You know, and I often think, um, and I'm just going to touch on this briefly because I want to get into your framework: is what are we doing to um, the ecosystem? What are we doing to the um, things we eat that we're ingesting? And why is there so much cancer? I mean, I. I think about that.
1: Well, I mean, it, it, I'm a journalist. I'm. I do a lot of research, and I have the same questions you have. Okay? Yeah. So I mean, I love questions. They're, they're, they're the key, you know, to so much. And uh, and also, I started in the food business when I was 20 years old, and and really? so yeah, yeah. Uh, Erwan is a store in LA. Um, oh yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Stores. I, know and that I, started store. that I love that. Yeah, I started that in Boston when I was 20 years old. Okay. Okay. So,
0: there, by the way, I have to have you back on cuz I only okay. have four more minutes with you. So, do you want to just briefly go on the fr- about the frameworks?
1: I see the time okay. clock. Just the framework being basically being is uh the food that we have today comes out of a food system, which is an agricultural system that was basically reinvented in the 19th, but mostly 20th century, where we began to supply chemical nutrients to the plants, artificial nitrate fertilizers, they're called you know, NPK in the jargon. And uh, potassium, phosphorus, and nitrogen. And it was kind of like putting plants on a drip system, you know, which is macronutrients. And mm-hmm. first time people use them, they go, Well, my plants are greener, bigger, faster, and produce more. Like, what's wrong with this picture? Nothing. It's fantastic for your farmer. And what we didn't realize at that time is making plants weaker and more susceptible to infestation. So we pretty soon, those pesticides. Mm-hmm. Uh, they weren't as nutrient dense. They, The roots didn't have to go down as deep. They didn't bring up minerals. So Demineralization of the food, and uh, and then pretty soon they were subject to competition from weeds, and then you know we use herbicides, pesticides, artificial fertilizers, all running off the soil into rivers and streams, and then the dead zone in the Gulf of Mexico and many other places. I mean, and basically it turned soil into dirt, and soil is a community and of living organisms and it got decarbonized that carbon was going up into the atmosphere and our food was getting poorer and poorer and poorer and the nutrients the phytonutrients you know we don't just need you know protein and fat sugar you know we we need many other things to be healthy and that that was a symbiosis between big food and big ag because a lot of mostly what big ag produces was what big food wants and big food produces ultra processed food which is really a chemical experiment and 60 percent of what americans eat is ultra processed food and 70 percent of disease in the united states is metabolic disease caused by what we eat and drink so that goes back to my
0: previous question question. Yeah. yeah yeah yeah
1: it's connected
0: so as i said i want to have you back on i hope you have time even if it's in a month but where can people find out more about you
1: Well, regeneration.org is the website uh, and the book is widely available now today. Of course, it came out Tuesday. Um, Congratulations.
0: Yeah, and thanks so
1: much. I'd love to be back on the program.
0: I would love it.